wow, I went from $100 an hour to $500 an hour to $1,500 to $5,000 for that same hour. Then I said, what is one to infinite? You know, so how do I, one person, uh, like achieve connecting with more people? And so I realized I have to be online. So I started my online school started taking my things online. And now I have an eight figure year business. We just hit our first $10 million in a year last year. Today, we have a treat for you guys. Yeah. So, guys, the brand has legs. We're growing quads. <laughs> <laughs> We're growing quads. We're getting some hamstrings in there. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. We've had yeah. some technical difficulties, but we're making our way through it. Yeah. You know, today we have a treat for you guys. You know, you might have recognized her on the Today Show. You might have seen her on The Real. You might have seen her on one of my favorite podcasts. Yesterday. I was actually on The Real yesterday. The, yesterday, and it just <laughs> dropped. Yeah. Yep. You might have seen her on one of my favorite podcasts, The Friend Zone. Shout out Hey Friend Hey. Mm-hmm. Shout out Dustin. Yep. Shout out Asante. Asante. You, know, you might have seen them on Earn Your Leisure. Shout out to Troy and Rashad. Shout out to Troy and Rashad. You might have seen her on her yeah. podcast, The Brown. Brown Ambition. Uh-huh. And... First off, shout out to that, by the way, because that has been nominated for the Grammy of Podcasts. And I Heart, yeah, and I Heart Award. We're up against Earn Your Leisure for business. Earn Your Leisure, um, How I Built This, like Planet Money by NPR. It's crazy just to be nominated with those amazing people. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And she has an amazing book of the trademark term, trademarked financial wholeness, Get Good with Money. If you mm-hmm. don't already know, we're talking about Tiffany. Well, my book is really called Get Good With Money. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The trademark term is actually um, financial wholeness. wholeness. That's, uh-huh. what, that's what it's called, financial wholeness. Yes, yes. Yeah, you did. I'm I said, sorry. I, said it. I, was right, I was right there. All right. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany, the budgetista Aliche to the podcast, y'all. This is a big one. This is going to be a treat. <laughs> Thank you for having me, fellas. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, to start things off, um, I have a question for you, you know, um, Okay. You know, I seeing that you have Niger roots, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and yeah. I hear you're a foodie at heart, you know. So if you yes. had to choose one food to eat yeah. between jollof rice, right? Mm. For a year, jollof rice and um pounded yam. What are you choosing? Mm, jollof rice. And why? Pounded yam was never my favorite favorite. Like I I like a goosey, I like a really okra okra soup is my favorite of all the 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 soups but jello rice i mean i i'm i'm not a huge pounded yam fan i mean i'll eat it with the soup because the soup is so good but i'd rather just the soup <laughs> got you got you so you want to have for a short period of time so you want to you know um start with a bit of your life and then get into the nitty gritties mm-hmm. of what our entrepreneur audience can use to become better with mm-hmm. their budgets with their finances to help their business mm-hmm. grow so to give you some backstory can you tell us about this one Number thirty five thousand. Mm. Tell us about that. Sure, it was. I was in my twenties. I um, up until then, I was in my mid twenties. I was still pretty much financially perfect. And then a friend of mine, who I thought was wealthy because he had a nice car, a nice apartment, he told me he got his wealth from investing. So I asked him to show me how. 
Um, instead, he showed me a scam. Um, and it scammed me out of $35,000 of, of, of money. And I, I ended up $35,000 in credit card debt as a result. He ran away. I mean, he's now in jail because, you know, karma. Um, because he tried to scam the U.S. government. And I couldn't catch him, but they did. <laughs> Um, and yeah, but it was a really traumatic time because it wasn't just the credit card debt that I never had before. I had just finished my master's in, in education for 50000 wow. I just bought a condo a year before for 220000 So I had all of this debt piling up and then the recession hit and I lost my job. So it was just this cumulative financial trauma and drama all landing at once. And it took years to even partially recover. Um, but because of the mistake, it forced me to learn from a low place how to get back high again, you know, with my finances. And as a result, I've been able to teach people from that place of like, I have been there. I've messed up in every way possible. I know the feeling. I know the steps. And I also know what it looks like on the other side because I live here now. You said one interesting thing before you went in. You said you were financially perfect. What does uh, financially yes. perfect mean to you? So at the time, like I had my credit score was in the 800s. Yeah. I, although I was only making like $39,000 a year, it took me about just under three years because I tutored and babysat on the side to save about $40,000. I was debt free because I, I had just a little bit of debt from undergrad because I commuted from home. So, and my parents helped to pay. So the little bit of student loans that I had, it was maybe like 5,000. I was able to pay it off a couple of years out of school. So, you know, I had all of the financial foundations down. A good budget, good savings, debt-free, good credit. I was making enough money to support myself. Um, I even had like a little bit of life insurance uh, because I, when I bought a condo, I realized that like if something happened to me, someone would have to pay this mortgage. So I got life insurance to cover that, positive net worth, and I was maxing out my retirement account. So I was basically, I was financially whole. You know, like the 10, so in my book, Get Good With Money, there are 10 steps to financial wholeness, and it's budgeting and savings and debt and credit and learning to earn. It's net worth, it's insurance, it's your financial team, it's estate planning. So there are these components, and I had all of them mastered, at least mastered for a 20-something-year-old. Um, and then I threw it all out the window <laughs> with, that, with that misstep in investing. Can you share a little bit what that investment was, just for some context? Yeah, so he was... He owned, I don't even know if this is true, but this is at least what he said, that he owned several stores. And he was, I met him um, on spring break, like years before, and then we just stayed friends. But he owned several stores in France where he was from. He was African. Um, but I forget uh, the country he was from. It was a French-speaking country. So he was um, born and raised in Paris, so he said, because who knows. Um, but he owned some stores in France, so he said. And he said, in France, just like here in the U.S., as my cousins would say, USA, USA, Right. Just like here in USA, um, French things go for more because they seem exotic. You know, French perfume, blah, blah, blah. He's like, OK, like in France, like they really go up for things like Converse and Levi's. It's way more money. Yeah. So you can get them fairly inexpensive here and ship them to France and then sell them in his stores. And I said, OK, so we went for shipping like we, we went to um, the city, got all of these things that we were going to sell. Mm -hmm put them in, you know, had them to be shipped over. So, so that part seemed legitimate because I'm like, I see the goods, you know, I see the, you know, the, the containers, yeah. they were sent. But what happened is, um, what happened was that then it was like, it wasn't too far from 9-11 
and apparently his shipping got stopped because his last name was Muslim. And they were really, really, really cracking down. Um, in some ways, just racist. You know, like, just because your last name is Muslim, that doesn't mean, what does that mean? So... My, my goods, like I would call about them, like I would call because I live in Newark, New Jersey, and the port nearest me is Elizabeth. So I would call the Elizabeth port and say, is it there? And it was basically stuck in limbo. And he just disappeared. Once it got stuck in limbo, he was like, I'm out. And there, so it looked really suspicious, suspicious then because they were looking like, hey, you know, I still this day don't know where those goods are. Maybe he received them, maybe he didn't. So that's what it was. It was me investing in you know like um uh, products to ship them over to be sold and i was going to you know as they sold week after week after week i was going to reap the benefits and so that's what i thought it was going to be kind of like an import export mm -hmm. business um and so the problem is at first it started as fifteen thousand, and then there was just more money to be put out to try to get the things out and it just it just really escalated and and i remember at one point he was like um Oh, I just need fifteen hundred more dollars to, and this is the last time because the guy is really gonna send it through. And I was like, fifteen hundred is what my my mortgage was sixteen sixty. I said, my mortgage. If I give you this fifteen hundred, I won't have mortgage, and then I'll lose my house. Like, are you sure it's gonna go through? Because I was still dumb. Are you sure it's going to go through? So he must have a little bit of a heart because he was like, um, uh, you know what? Let me just just hold on for a minute. I guess he realized like, I've already squeezed enough from this girl. Yeah. Let me not make her, make her homeless. That's when I realized, wait, this is a scam because if that was true, why not just take the 1500 and do what you need exactly. to do? So, yeah, it was just, when thing, basically when things are too good to be true, because the return on investment was ridiculous, and when things are too good to be true, especially when it comes to money, they are, um, and that a, a rich investor is an, an educated investor. I did not really understand the ins and outs of the import-export business. So I really, really didn't have any business being in that business because I didn't know what to look out for. Someone else who would have known could have said, oh, girl, that's a common scam. Yeah. Yeah. You right. know? So, I mean, but I'm grateful for the scam because I would not be here. I would not have had to learn the lessons that I now teach had that not happened to me. Plus, did I mention he's in jail? <laughs> How's jail? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because um, one investor, you know, like when you listen to the Bill Ackmans, the Warren Buffetts, they say, you know, if you're investing, invest in things you actually know about. And it kind of goes yep. back into when we're talking about Dogecoin, we're talking about all these different cryptocurrencies that everybody's, you know, raving about. And I always go back yep. to thinking, I don't know anything about this company. Yes. I don't know anything about this stock. I know it's gone up by 15%. It's gone up 20% today. But if I don't know how it makes money, I don't know how it works. Then you're going to lose, gonna it. lose it. Because here's the thing. The people who do know how are going to end up with your money. Yeah. Money just exchanges hands. When somebody's like, oh, we're broke, I'm like, everyone's not broke. If you lost money, that means somebody gained money. Mm. You know? And so the people who are gaining are the ones with education and knowledge and who've taken the time to learn. And the people who have lost are those who have not. So I've learned, like, not to move so fast. Because it feels like that financial FOMO is a real thing. Like, oh, if I don't make a move now. No. Like, you know. Yes. There, there, are, always, there are always opportunities with those with education. Because literally I have friends who trade and I'm like, oh, I just missed that big trade. And they're like, mm, I caught the next one the next day. Like, because if you have education, you see the opportunity like, oh, Amazon dipped again. Mm -hmm. Okay. It took three months, but we're back now. I just made, you know, um, $50,000, you know? And so you learn that you don't have to rush into financial 
um, choices because if they're solid choices, they will be there in some way, shape, or form. Like, oh, I got to buy this house now. No, I promise you, there'll be another house. Yeah. Like, you know, I got to get into the stock now. That stock will dip again because mm-hmm. stocks dip. It's cyclical. And so things come back around again in different ways. And so you don't have to rush. It's in the rushing that you do that you lose. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And when you have the educational groundwork, when you have the tools, you can have confidence that the FOMA will pass and the opportunity will yep. come back around again. And you can then yep. invest and take advantage. So I want to talk yes. more about some of the tools that you've garnered over time. Because I was reading your book, and one thing that really stood out to me was the fact that you mentioned you felt more confident making 39000 a year than when you made yes. 39000 a month. Could you break that down? Yes. Sure. It's because, remember I said earlier then when I was teaching, I was teaching preschool making 39000 but I was financially whole, the 10 steps, mm-hmm. right? So budgeting, I had a budget. I had a savings plan. I had a debt plan. Actually, I was debt-free. Mm-hmm. I had good credit. And I knew how to earn. Those are the first five steps, learning to earn, right? Because I was babysitting and tutoring on the side. The next five steps, I had an investment plan. I was maxing out my retirement account, but I was also starting to learn to invest. Um, I had a positive net worth. I owned more than I owed. I was properly insured for, you know, for a 20-something-year-old. I had life insurance that was going to cover my house should something happen to me. I had a, um, I said, what did I say? I had a positive net worth. Um, I had a financial team in place, which really I was leaning in on my, my father was a, um, a C, um, CFO and a, an accountant. Mm-hmm. So that was part of my financial team. That's number nine. And last but not least, I had an estate plan, one that was appropriate for a 20-something-year-old, which is I had my ben- beneficiaries on my bank account and my life insurance policy updated. I didn't need a will just yet, and I didn't need a, a, a trust, but I had the, the proper beneficiaries. So I was financially whole. Those 10 components of financial wholeness, I had it for what was appropriate for age 20, mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was is that for so long, the, um, the traumatic outcome of losing everything during the recession, having all of that debt, it took so long for me to get to a safe space again financially that I was still a financial mess that although my business was making, you know, good money a month, I had not got back to financial wholeness. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of had a budget, you know, I wasn't really saving because I was putting everything back into the business. My credit score was in shambles because I lost my house to foreclosure. I ended up losing yeah. it uh-huh. after I lost my job, yeah. you know, like learning how to earn. Yes, I did know how to earn, but that's just about it. I was not properly insured. I still had the same insurance policy. Even though I was 30, I had my 26 year old insurance policy. You know, I didn't have good counsel as far as like my financial, um, uh, the financial people that I could reach out to. My net worth was not positive because I still owed some money. So it's like having more money does not mean that you are financially sound. You know, that's what I love why I wrote Get Good With Money because I wanted to write a book that helped you no matter what you did for a living, mechanic, CEO, teacher, nurse, no matter what you did for a living, no matter how much you made, you could be financially, fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. That is what financial wholeness is. Twenty, you know, twenty-six-year-old Tiffany making thirty-nine thousand dollars a year can be more financially sound than thirty-four-year-old Tiffany making thirty-nine thousand dollars a month. And so that's really important to note because people think that more money is going to solve the problem. It's not. You know, sometimes it can actually act, exacerbate the problem and make it worse. Yeah. And so now I am financially whole now. Mm-hmm. 
where like I make good money, but I'm also financially sound. And so I, I wanted to make that distinction that financial freedom, having a bunch of money is not the same thing as financial wholeness. Yeah, I can completely agree. And also it kind of testifies to, you know, your upbringing, your brought up see, if you will, you know, because if you have, you know, certain things that you're aiming to please, for instance, like Mike Tyson, he was someone who made a ton of money, but he didn't have the financial foundations and he was still aiming to please others and still and feed voids. Yeah that he didn't have growing up. So he eventually was throwing money at those and that ended up depleting him. Same with Alan Iverson, you know, MC Hammer. Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker. All these guys, you know, they make hundreds of millions of dollars playing. It's not the money. It's not, I'm telling you, 39, like Tiffany making $39,000 a year and I think eventually I capped out at like 50,000, I still would have been a millionaire. It would have taken longer because I had the foundation that I needed to do so. I still would have because I was maxing out my retirement account. I started to do that from the very beginning. I still would have become a millionaire, probably maybe not until my 50s or, or, or maybe 60s, but I would have. And so, yeah, like if you don't solve for the underlying issue, you are doomed to repeat it. One of my favorite quotes is by my, I call him my digital mentor. His name is um, Jim Rohn. He's, he's no longer living, but you can watch all of his, um, his YouTube videos. And I have a YouTube as well, if you want to watch. <laughs> so Jim Rohn said something that I was like, it took me a while to get it. He, but I was like, okay, I get it now. He said, if you are ever given a million dollars, best you become a millionaire quickly. And at first I was like, I don't get it. If you get a million dollars, you are a millionaire. You're not. You're just a person with a million dollars. If you do not mentally become a million dollars, you're going to lose it. Because you will go back to what you already are, somebody who does not have that wealth. So if you if you're wanting to have wealth or if you you know if you are fortunate to have a business or or you know you you've saved or whatever and you have wealth if you don't shift your mindset to become that millionaire in your mind then you will not become a you will not stay a millionaire in your pocket. So if you are given a million million dollars best you become a millionaire quickly. Being a millionaire is not about the money in the bank. It's about the mindset that you carry. So you see a lot of uh, people who win the lottery and you know within a year all that money's gone and they're going back yep that's that's the the statistic right that like more than half of those people are actually broker not even that their money is gone you 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 know you start with ten thousand you win a million and now you're negative thirty thousand broker in one year because why they had not become a millionaire in their mind. So they were not going to be able to keep that money. Most definitely. Now let's get into some actionable items for our entrepreneur audience. You know, as guys who are entrepreneurs, they're starting off, they're making, let's say their first 8K a month. You know, what are some practical steps that they can take to become better with money and managing their business? Well, one, I would just say, well, one, becoming better with your money. Well, one, go ahead and get get good with money, my book, because you're going to want to fa- do the foundational core, because if you, your, your personal finances are in shambles, it's going to be very difficult to be successful with your business finances, because you, you know, it's very hard to focus when you are living in brokenness, mm-hmm. you know? That's, so that's one, yeah. like, you know, you, you, you have to work on your budget. Yeah. One, uh, entrepreneurs, especially in the beginning, need to be living well below their means. So for the average person, I might say, save 10%, save 20%. Mm-mm. Entrepreneurs, as much as possible, even lower below your means because you need to have access to capital in order to get, in order to expedite whatever your product or service is. So that's one, is, is to live well below your means, you know, um, create a safety net as much as possible because your business might not make as much money 
um, as it needs to to survive. Um, don't be afraid to side hustle on the side to pad your bank mm-hmm. account. Like I was babysitting and tutoring like crazy even while I started the Budgetista right. because the Budgetista did not pay enough. So sometimes that's what it looks like. Don't Some people are ashamed of not being a pure 100% entrepreneur. That's foolishness. Like do what you need to do to put money in your pocket while you're growing your business. Um, and then I want you to think of scale. So here's the thing. Most entrepreneurs, when they first start, you're in hustle mode, and that's fine because hustle mode is just, I just need to make enough money to dot, 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 to pay this bill, to make it run. That's okay. But in the back of your mind, you should be planning that you're not always going to be in hustle mode. So what does scaling look like? You know? So in the beginning, like think of scale as one-to-one. So in the beginning, many entrepreneurs, like especially if you have a service you know, um, uh, company, you're working with people one-to-one in the beginning just to see, to prove to yourself, that, does this actually work? Does this make sense? And then you have to be asking yourself, what does one-to-few look like? How do you spend that same hour but multiply the number of people you serve so you can make more money? I'll give you an example. I used to do budgets one-to-one, and it, people would pay me anywhere from $75 to $100 for an hour. And I said, okay, this is cool, but I would have to do a lot of these in order to make like $1,000 a month, you know? You're looking at 10 one-on-ones. That's a lot. Now, how do I make more? I can raise my prices, but is there a way I can make more that's even more efficient? Then I realized one to few. I started working with my local United Way, and it was a classroom of like 10, 20 people, and the United Way paid me like three to five hundred dollars per class and I said okay same one hour instead of a hundred dollars now I'm getting five hundred dollars okay same basic output but I can make five hundred I said okay that's when I started to think oh I can scale this so now that I got one to one and I did one to few what about one to many then I one of my friends his his younger brother um won the sophomore um, uh, president election at his college. And he was celebrating so excited. And I said, well, what are some of your responsibilities? He said, I have to find speakers. I said, well, how much do speakers get paid at colleges? He said, well, our budget are on the low end is $1,500. I was like, what? Yes. Well, I'll be a speaker. So he hired me, this 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid. Wow. And I was like, wow, colleges are a great source for, and honestly, $1,500 is low for a college. They pay sometimes twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars easily. College is set aside for these mm. things. But to think that same one one hour I used to get a hundred dollars, then that's one on one, one to few, then I was getting five hundred dollars. Then I was like one to many, now I'm getting fifteen hundred. And I said, okay, now how do I scale from one to few to one to many? And I said, like, you know what? I started speaking at like because I was doing a lot of colleges, um, um, I, I, I got the eye of some corporate organizations that wanted me to speak to like their 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 group, you know? And I'm like, okay, one to many. And when you speak to one to many, they're willing to pay you ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Like now, I, have, I do my keynotes for 50000 now. But back then, I think the, the biggest I got was like maybe like, um, like five or 6000 I said, wow, I went from $100 an hour to $500 an hour to 1500 to 5000 for that same hour. Then I said, what is one to infinite? You know? So how do I, one person, uh, like achieve connecting with more people? And so I realized I have to be online. So I started my online school started taking my things online and now i have an eight figure year business we just hit our first 10 million dollars in a year last year because when you get to one to infinite then there's no minimum that one like so it's not it's not hourly anymore obviously Mm -hmm. but the ability to teach as many people as the school can hold because 
All I have to do is have this digital platform. People come in at will. I don't have to teach them individually. And so you have to, as a business owner, you have to be thinking, even if you're in hustle mode, which is fine in the beginning because that's natural and you have to get on your feet. But as you start to get on your feet and you have, you have enough to cover your bills, you have to start thinking about scale. What does the next level of scale look like? Don't try to jump from one to one to one to infinite for the most part because that's overwhelming. You see, I, I went up, up, and I learned all these lessons that's along the way. Exactly. One to one, you know, one to few, one to many, one to infinite. And so, and now as a result, we are on track that if we do what we're supposed to do, which we have it in line, if we do what we're supposed to do, within five years, we should be at $50, $50 million a year. And so that's what happens. And now, but to be clear, I've been in business now about 11 years. So I know we hear about people like, oh, I made $20 million my first year. Yes, some people zoom forward. And then what happens is, and there's nothing wrong with zooming forward, because, but many people can't sustain that level of growth. I don't want a business that you zoom past me on the road, and then when I get to the light, we're both there. No. You know what I mean? You ever get oh, driving the road, you're like, oh, you, someone's like mad, and they just pass you. And you're like, you're still there because that's what happens sometimes when people grow faster than they can actually sustain. I have a sustainable business. I've been in business longer than 10 years. We hit on our 10th year, our $10 million. And so I know that when we hit 20, we can sustain it. 40, we can sustain it. I don't want to be here today and gone tomorrow. I have another 20, 30, 40, 50 more years to be in business because we know how to grow a steady, scalable business. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a solid mindset. You know, you've always had that mindset of like, you know, the 10 steps to really, you know, maximize your wealth and your finances. Looking back mm -hmm. now with everything you've accomplished, do you think you could have went from that first level to building that business that is, you know, what you just said right now, like zooming towards infinite. Do you think you could have done that back then with what you know now? No. No? No. And I wouldn't have want to, mm -hmm. wanted to because like knowing what I know now, the steps we take were the steps we needed to take because if 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 door 10 is 10 million let's just say that i'm at door 1 and i skip doors 2 to 9 and get straight to the 10 million the key that i need to unlock door 10 is at door 2 so you're going to have to go back anyway the map that you need to figure out where door 10 is is at door 3 so you're going to have to go back anyway the 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 mentor that you need to speak to about how to maintain the 10 million is at door four. So you're gonna have to go back anyway. Do you see what I mean? Like I am grateful because there are lessons you must collect along the way in order for you to not only reach, but maintain. I'm not interested in being a flash in the pan. I don't wanna do 10 million this year and then 100,000 next year and then we're done. Cause I see that a lot. People are like, oh, I had such a great year and it's not sustainable. No, 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 no. I wanna do 10 million this year maybe 12 to 15 million next year, then 20. And then sometimes what happens is something happens where you have a big bump and we have some, some things in play that will bump us to probably from 15 to 30 within a year because there's some, some changes that we're going to make. And then probably 30 to 35, then 40, then 40 to 50. Mm -hmm. So certainly there are some, like, um, I don't know if you ever used to um, play, I used to play when I was a kid, um, Sonic the Hedgehog, yep, yep, yep. right? So there are moments, remember Sonic the Hedgehog? Like there are moments he's just walking along and then you hit a thing and then he has turbo yep. boost. I forget what they mm -hmm. call it. So there, there are definitely moments of like that in business, but the whole business cannot be in turbo boost. Those are just steps along the way that you get turbo boosted, not the whole way, or it's not sustainable. So out of, all, out of all those steps, which one 
was like the most impactful breakthrough that you know just kind of took you to that next level where you expedited everything as you look back of all the steps um it was definitely building my community it took the longest but it was the most impactful and it's the reason why we will be able to continue to grow like I started very early. Everybody talks about community now, but nobody was doing that back then, honestly. You know, they were just selling, selling, selling. But I built a community for the first, like, five years before I sold them anything. And so as a result, these are the same people. So when I say something, they're like, oh, Tiff? From 10 years ago, Tiff? She been, I know Tiff. She's not. So all these new influencers, people sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it's trustworthy. They don't say that about me because they're like, it's Tiffany, girl. We've known Tiffany for the last 10 yeah. years. Mm -hmm. So building my community, single most important, impactful decision that I made to put that first, despite the fact it meant that I didn't make much money at first. Most definitely. Community is everything. So we're doing community. Man. Community. It, it sucks build going when it's a slow build, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah, most definitely. As Hey Friend Hey says, is. ecosystems. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, exactly. That ecosystem. Because what happens is that you can tap back into that community because once you pour into them, it's a reciprocal relationship. Like you, but it's really the, the reciprocal is not give, receive, give, receive. It's give, 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 ask. So I gave for like six years. So when I asked, the first time I made a big ask, I made thirty thousand dollars in thirty minutes. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's when I launched the online school, the Live Richer Academy. I was like, what? Because I had poured, I had deposited so much into the bank of trust that I could make a hefty withdrawal. Now, I do these partnerships called JVs where I'm like, hey, here's an amazing partner that has an amazing tool resource that I don't teach. I don't teach um, investing. Um, like, I, like in my book, yes, but like I don't teach it meaning as Tiffany, right? I don't teach um, how to trademark your business. I have a, I have a, a um, an attorney for that. So now I will partner with someone. We have partnered and made a million dollars in a weekend, almost $750,000 in three days. Wow. Because I have put in enough trust and deposit enough things into the trust bank that I can make big withdrawals now. Too many people deposit a penny and want to pull out 10. And you might be able to get, with a, get away with that one time, but you're overdrafting. And that, that bill's going to come due. And so not me. I always deposit way more than I expect to withdraw and as a result, I'm able to withdraw now pretty consistently, but in a way that my audience even sees my withdrawals as giving. They're like, oh my gosh, Tiffany, you always bring us amazing tools and resources. Yes, I want to sign up for that class that your friend is having for $100. And maybe me and my friend do a 60-40 split, 40 for me, 60 for her. You know, but they don't mind because I'm transparent about it. And they're like, every class you've ever shown us has been amazing. And I made sure that even my ask is a give. Because I'll, tell, I'll ask my friend, hey, I know normally you charge $300 for that class, but can you do a, um, um, a shorter version just for my audience? Dreamcatcher is my audience. Can you do a shorter version, but a private version just for us? Instead of a three weeks, maybe it's one week. And instead of $300, maybe it's $50. And because I deal in volume. And so normally people are like, what am I going to do my thing for 50 right? But my, people, my friends know, yeah, because I'm going to send 5,000 people your way. So what normally would have taken you a year to make, you're going to make in a week. Mm. So you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's a gift for everyone. My friend gets to receive because she would never have this volume. Plus, those people now trust her, and now you have their emails that you can connect with them on your own. We get to receive because we get paid. 
And the audience also gets to receive because I, I super vet whatever tools and resources we send out. But I am, I am of the, the, the school of thought that everyone should win, that everyone should receive the people you're serving, the people you're serving like alongside and yourself. And so I've, I've been fortunate in order to build a business that can do so with transparency, with kindness, and with service. And so we can, that's why we continue to grow. You know, I don't, I don't need to, to grow rapidly. I want to grow steadily, and I want to grow in a way that's, that's maintainable. Most definitely. Man, growing something that's maintainable, sustainable. Steady mm-hmm. grind, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a perfect note to end it on. You know, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, hustle is what you can control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen of Cindy. Thank you. And I'm Tiffany. Hey. And can I just share where they can find me before we jump of off? Of course. Where can people find you? So people can find me. I am the Budget Nista on all the socials, on, on TikTok, on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, if you still Facebook, um, and thebudgetnista.com. And if you want to get a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, it was eight weeks on the list. It just hit the 100,000 sale mark where we sold over 100,000 copies, which only 80 books do that a year wow. in their first year. Um, you can get it at getgoodwithmoney.com. Most definitely. I have the book. I have the OG version, actually. I'm going to get a Kindle. I'm a Kindle guy, <laughs> Tiff. So I like reading okay. in bed. You know, like instead of being on IG, I'm just like flipping through the yes. thing. So I'm definitely going to. I love it. So, so I have the OG book, awesome. which doesn't have the sticker of the New the York sticker, Times. Sticker, yeah, they all of them have the sticker now. You know yep. what I'm saying? So now, yep. I, they all got the sticker now. Like, yes, I was like, yes. Most definitely, most definitely. So y'all, make sure y'all go scoop that, and you can follow us at Twenty Four Seven Hustler yeah. on all socials. And yeah, we'll wrap on that, guys. Once again, thank you to Tiffany. Thank you for your patience. Vaginista guys. Thank you so much for listening. The conversation continues on our Instagram at 247Hustler. We post very frequently. And be sure to check out our merch at hustleovereverything.co. We have some amazing sweaters, hats, mugs, and a lot more. Lastly, our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you next Monday. Peace.